TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic show here on a beautiful Tuesday coming out of the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Residue Tuesday. Of course, we uh, pick up as tradition will be here on Tuesdays on the Two Guys at a Mic show, the seepage. The residue, if you will, from the weekend that was, and there's certainly plenty of it. And, of course, uh, the sports news from last noon as last night as well. A great Monday night football game. A tragic story in professional football with a young player apparently committing suicide we'll talk about that baseball races continue on and of course we'll jump off the sports page early and off and let me welcome in my partner via the telecommunication phone lines out in beautiful aurora illinois it is the big dog joel Radwanski checking in big dog how are you i got allergies kicking in coach as you can probably tell from (laughs) 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 right on that was not a sound effect that was was that the sneeze button or was that actually you well, that was my my nose button, not the sneeze button. Wow. But no, yeah, I was not sneezing into the microphone, Coach. That was one of the better radio sneezes I've heard. You know, I'm a long time bodily function guy on the radio, Dave. Uh, we don't have a cough button or anything like that here in the studio, right? And our old radio show didn't either. Remember, Big Dog? But we're, it actually did. We had one, and they took it out for me for some <laughs> reason. So I was for four years. Well, I was, but, like I am right now, well, oh, this is not good. I, I was fine up until I, I must be allergic to you, Coach. But, well, first of all, I, you, you've had allergies for one day. I've been, like, the last two weeks. I think I'm right now part owner in the Kleenex Corporation. I'm not sure, but I've been going through tissue faster than I, It's a battle between tissue and toilet paper. Right now, tissue is winning the battle, which is a rarity, big dog. But uh, So the allergy season is, in fact, in high gear in Chicago. But going back to our old radio show, we we actually didn't use that button. We chose not to use it. Our theory well, was, you had it, I didn't. They they removed it from me, so I'd never had the choice anymore. Okay, but you were certainly on board with our theory that we wanted to be closer to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, gonna, I, I definitely feel closer right now. Is this going to go on all show? Normally, we want to feel closer to you. I don't know about today, though, Big Dog. Might want to keep. Well, my I'm not sick. This is just. Uh... It's the allergies kicking in right now, so. Well, apparently. But we thought, you know, prof- regular professionals would use the button if you had a cough, if you had a sneeze, if you had a little uh, allergy situation, or if you're passing gas, whatever it might be, the typical radio professional would hit the silence button. We chose not to use it. We felt we would be closer and more real with our listeners, Big Dog, if they heard the sneeze, if they heard the cough, if they heard... God forbid not smell the occasional passing of the gas. Uh, a burp, which happened a lot on the yes. show, especially when yeah. Brian Bauer was doing the show. Yeah. I thought it was our way of connecting with the listener. Well, it, it must have worked, Coach. <laughs> it did? Well, our ratings were through the roof. We, they were through something. I'm not sure it was the roof. Well, it and, was through the roof if you were the people that were living below us. Take it easy. Now, let me okay. ask you here. They, they move over to the talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic show working with a David Olson, a Randy Myers. Want to thank Randy again for filling in yesterday. Uh, was that a lateral step? Was that a step up? Or was that a demotion? I never quite figured it out. 
I haven't yet either, Coach. And when you do, let me know and let all our listeners know, too, actually. Okay, so you're confused as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. The big Normally, the big dog is backed up with a different problem. Today, you're backed up nasally. All right. But like like a true athlete, fight through it, okay? Well, I was fine until 10 o'clock this morning, so I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like the guy who, I guess, didn't stretch properly and all of a sudden got a cramp on the first mm-hmm. play of the game. All right. Or wasn't dehydrated or hydrated properly. Uh, tough start. Fight through it. You're a gamer. I, I have full confidence that you will come back, uh, sneeze or no sneeze, and you will fight through and make this yet another award-winning show here, the two guys at a mic show. I have every intention. Thank you. By the way, great Monday night football game last night. You know, Big Dog, I, I don't claim to be an expert on sports, but I seem, and I think you can attest to this, I have a pretty good instinct on what games are going to be really, really good games. I don't know how, but I just have a feel. Not perfect, but more often than not, I'm right, and I blame myself because I had a feel when this was going to be a heck of a game. Frisco at home taking on New Orleans, and I forgot to tune it in for the second half. And as I read the paper this morning, and maybe you watched the game apparently, an outstanding Monday night football game with a dramatic finish. No, it was a phenomenal game. I watched it from uh, start to finish, and wasn't exactly the most well played game. Uh, the Forty Niners, they're just brutal. I mean, they outgained the, the the Saints by 140 yards, but the problem is they turned over four times, so yep. they had no no uh, excuse in that particular game. Alex Smith actually played pretty well. Both of his interceptions were off of tips by Saints linemen who tipped the ball up, and then the DBs ran under it. But a couple fumbles. Uh, one was a muff kick. I mean, come on. I mean, you're. You, I mean, it was. They were trying to give the game to the Saints mm-hmm. yesterday, and the Saints. You know, everybody sees them as like the high flying team that throws it all over the field. You know, they want to play that way, but if they can, if the other team is playing good defense, coach, they just grind it out, manage the game, and figure out a way to get the W. And that's exactly what happened last night. And and the, the it, it was funny as. Mike Singletary ran on the field like a madman because he didn't coach his team up on the previous timeout to remind them, hey, right when the play's done, you call another timeout. And he starts screaming at the official, hey, I shouldn't have to run all the way down here by the goal line in order to call a timeout. And I'm like, I'm like, Singletary, you know, chill out. You know, you should don't yell at the officials. Yell at Patrick Willis, your best football player, for not calling a timeout. You had just so, answered my next question because my follow-up question was going to be having not seen the game Give me an idea of the 49ers under Mike Singletary. Do they look like they're together, organized? Is it a winning program, or uh, is Singletary's emotion getting the best of them? And it sounds like you might have answered that, but but your overall impression watching the entire game. Uh, you know, i got to be honest, Coach. Last year they were organized. They were playing as a team. This year, the, the first game there was all this talk of, you know, the the – the play calling by Jimmy Ray wasn't coming in fast enough, and this happened a little bit in this game where, you know, Alex Smith is, you know, they're waiting until the last second in order to get him the play calls, and they can't even adjust at the line of scrimmage. That's gigantic for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get the play calling quickly so they can get up to the line of scrimmage and be like, hey, you know, this play isn't going to work. We need to get out of it. That's big in the NFL. You know what I mean? You only have a certain amount of plays. You have to be successful on as many as you can. But, but I, I will tell you this. They seem to play as a team. You know what I mean? The passion is there, Coach. The passion is there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the the funny thing is they they so the the 49ers get the ball back. They got to play. Then it's the two minute warning. They have to score eight points, and they have to go to the length of the field. And for something in the back of my head, 
like alerted me because the first play they got like 16 yards. The second play they got like 25 yards. And I'm like, you know, if they score too quick, all those Saints need is a field goal. You know, something is saying that. Well, they end up scoring in less than a minute because there's only a minute and 20 left in the game when they score, but they still need a two-point conversion. They throw a two-point conversion, and Vernon Davis catches it in the end zone but is coming out and gets tackled. They wave it off, no completion, but luckily uh. there is no conversion. But luckily we have, uh, what do you call it, the instant replay. They review it. It ends up being good, so it's mm-hmm. 22-22. And right then I knew the game was over. You give the Saints a minute and 20 seconds to go to get in a field goal position, Coach, they really, the 49ers had no chance. They were all celebrating in there. And I'm like, what are you celebrating for? This game is done. It took the Saints about four <laughs> plays. Breeze moves them right in the field goal position. The field goal gets blocked, but it isn't tipped hard enough, and it still gets through from about 35 yards, and uh, the Saints remain undefeated, and the uh, 49ers are still defeated. Heck of a ball game. Heck of a ball game. Dramatic two-minute uh, touchdown drill for the 49ers, yeah, and Alex then the Saints Smith come back great. and get a get a field goal, 37-yarder by Garrett Hartley. I believe that's his first name, Garrett. Hits the uh, 37-yarder to win it for the Saints. Now, the other news there, oh, by the way, you mentioned Alex Smith playing a pretty good game. Yeah. His Actually, that's not his name now. His full name legally is much maligned, Alex Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sort of like Chad Ocho Cinco. He put much maligned in front of him, but the much maligned Alex Smith played pretty well. But um, – because like you, if you look at his numbers, you'd be like, oh, he, he didn't play that great. One one touchdown, two interceptions. Yep. But if you watch the game, you, you realize that he was doing whatever he could do in order to you know help his team win at that particular point. So, mm-hmm. and of course, and Frank two, like, uh, two interceptions, tips passes. So, and they still got Frank Gore running the football. Forty Niners have that, and he, he was I think he caught like six or seven passes out of the backfield as well. So a good Monday night football game with a dramatic. Finish New Orleans uh, goes up 2-0, but the other big story here, big dog. Uh, and, again, our phone number, if you want to check in, you watched that game last night. Residue Tuesday means we can pick up any of the games over the weekend, high school, college, or pro. A little football talk here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Dial it up. We're user-friendly, folks. 888-463-6748. Apparently, the uh, Super Bowl uh, – the defense of the Super Bowl by the New Orleans Saints is going to get a bit tougher because Reggie Bush, broken leg, I believe, not for sure out for the season, but he's going to be out, big dog, for an extended period of time. He's not their best player, but the Saints might not be the elite team without Reggie Bush. Yeah, he's, he's it's a broken tibula, so he's going to be out about six weeks, Coach. So Tibula or tibula? Tibula. Not the tibula. The tibula. But there's a fibula, too. Yes, I understand that. That's why I said tibula three times. Ah. The fibula is the big long bone in the leg, right? Shin. Yeah, in the shin. Okay. So the tibia is a smaller bone. Yes. Well, just tape the it up. Tibula. Tape it up. Can't they tape it up? Maybe it is the tibia. <laughs> the tibia is in the arm, right? And the tibula is in the leg. Yeah, fibula is in the leg, tibia is in the arm. Fibula. Fibula. The fibula and tibula are your lower leg. I don't know about that. Is there a? I think it's a tibia. Is it? Is there a tibula? There is a tibula okay. and a tibia. Don't argue with me. I'm an anatomy and physiology major. Nineteen. Then, then, then you should be embarrassed of yourself. I'm not. Don't blame me. Blame my professor at Tulane University some thirty odd years you, ago. Coach, you're the one that gets confused over everything. <laughs> At any rate, Reggie Bush is going to be out for a while, and that hurts if you're talking about defending the Super Bowl. No. Well, they should be all right. I mean, he's going to be out for six weeks or so. What, the the buys in the middle of there. They've got so many weapons. 
I, it is going to hurt them, but as as long as uh, you know, as as long as they don't have a lot of other injuries on their offensive players, they should be able to recover from this no problem. Mm-hmm. And, and because you figure they 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 most likely still should get to have the best overall record in the NFC. I would be shocked if they didn't by the end of the year. They're still going to win the NFC South, coach. Yeah. I don't think the Buccaneers or the Panthers or the Falcons are really going to press well, them. No. I'll agree with statement two, not statement one. I think they will win the NFC South. I think without Reggie Bush, I don't think they will have the best record, and I don't think they win the Super Bowl without Reggie Bush. He's one of the guys. Coach, he'll that, be back in six weeks. Well, okay. If he's back in six weeks, then, then you're right. They are okay because they're going to make the playoffs either way as long as Drew Brees stays healthy. Yeah, I'm just like if they get an injury to Colston and Pierre Smith, and you know, then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. yeah, that we'll see. But if they remain relatively injury free offensively, that they, mm-hmm. that they Reggie Bush will be back, and all of a sudden, you know, he'll be ready for the playoffs, and he'll have a lot less wear and tear on him. So, football expert, big dog Joel Radwanski joining us here on the two guys at a Mike Show linebacker back at the Division Three powerhouse Mac Murray College back in the day. And unfortunately, the day was uh, a few years ago. By the way, uh, welcome back, David Olson, our producer, Big Dog. After a three-day weekend, we have our Rock of Gibraltar back in his comfortable seat. I'm glad he's here, Coach. <laughs> Where is the Rock of Gibraltar? Oh, goodness. Where, that's a great question. I also had a minor in geography, so I should know the answer to this. Uh, I'm assuming it would probably be I right next to the tibia. Isn't? <laughs> I think it's near the Bering Straits, isn't it? Uh, it would probably be mostly closer to the the Strait of Gibraltar, but you know, that's just, I'm just guessing, Coach. <laughs> uh, I'm a longtime fan of the Bering Straits. Where are the Bering Straits? I forgot. It's in between Alaska and Russia, Coach. Really? Right next to the Arctic Ocean. Can Sarah Palin see it from her uh, abode in Alaska? She definitely can see it. Coach. So she can she can keep an eye on yeah. the Bering Straits. Well, why is there so much hate against Sarah Palin? Just wondering. Is uh, that, I just we just wanted to throw sure. it out there. Why is there so much hate uh, against her? I'm not a big fan of her either. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some of the moronic stuff I've seen other women say, I just, it's I see women just ripping on Sarah Palin. And I, it's like the National Organization of Women won't even back her. I, I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I, I, I don't get it. Show, shows over at 11. I could give you uh, plenty of stuff. You know, just on a very reason. base level, she's annoying. And, you know, on a very philosophical, epithelial level, she is um, intolerant at times in her views of people that uh, might not, the image that she thinks uh, the the person in the United States should be, if I could say that as kindly as I possibly could. You catch my drift? Okay, well, yeah, I know the National Organization of Women doesn't have anybody that's annoying that they've represented. Uh, so. Well, maybe annoying. Put it out there. Maybe annoying, but not with the views, the conservative, restrictive views of a Sarah Palin. And again, show's over at 11. I don't know if I want to totally get into that aspect. But I personally would not mind seeing Sarah Palin back in the pocket without pads, and have Patrick Willis of the 49ers come at her full swing. Oh, my goodness. That dude can bring some yeah. butt. Yeah. If you were to pick a linebacker right now, three linebackers, big. This is a great question. We'll throw this out to our listeners. 888-463-6748. You're not drafting a team for the future. It's not fantasy football. We're playing a game tomorrow, and your life depends on this game, and you have to win. Give me the three linebackers that are playing for Team Radwanski. I think oh, I've got I've got two. This is easy. It's, uh, legitimately, I'm going to say one in there, and this and it's not because I'm being a homer, but uh, I I will happily go with Patrick Willis playing the mic, uh, Lance Briggs playing the will, and uh, I'm <laughs> the Mr. Demarcus Ware of the uh, Dallas Cowboys playing the 
the sandbacker. So that'd be, I would be very happy with that. If I had that across my, as my linebackers, uh, there'd be a lot of plays. Being All right. I'm going to agree with you on one of the three, Patrick Williams. He is the goods. I mean, Patrick he's everything Blitz. you want out of a linebacker. So I will take him as much as I like Erlocker and, and he, certainly the first two games he's playing at the, the level that made Brian Erlocker a potential hall of famer. He's playing phenomenal. I'll take my life depends on, I'll take Ray Lewis in the middle. And I got to go with the, the white guy on the outside, Clay Matthews. Right now, who's playing a vicious outside linebacker for the Packers? Yeah, Those he's, are, yeah he's playing phenomenal right now. That's that's not a bad call. Those are my three. I love linebackers, even the name. Well, and you have were, Patrick. Well, you have two middle linebackers going though. Coach. You were a linebacker, right? Yes. Just yes. You, know, you have two middle linebackers though. Yeah. You you, you, only, well, you need one middle and you need two outside. Okay. Don't get technical on me, young man. But well, linebackers, I mean, there's something good about linebackers. You want linebackers on yours. First of all, the name, linebacker. I just like the fact that Erlacher's name rhymes with linebacker. Yeah, Erlacher is the, maybe Ur-Lacher. the second best, no, the third best linebacker name of all time. Let's see if the big dog can give us, and they played a while back. Well, one played, Stonebreaker. There you go. Notre Dame's very own Michael Stonebreaker. And the next one I think is a, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. He was close, played for a Big Ten institution, and then played for a Bear arch rival. Uh, Scott Studwell. Oh, big dog, you're amazing. You know, uh, I, I like those names, Coach. You know, Scott Studwell played at Illinois and was a stud, and obviously yep. Stonebreaker at Notre Dame is a great. But I, I would have to say that uh, the kid that played at Iowa last year, I, I don't know if this is, this is the name isn't as good as two, but I, you have to say three from now on because uh, uh, what was his name? Rod Angerer. <laughs> Anger, that's pretty good. Name. I mean, that's 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 a pretty cool name that's for a linebacker. That's pretty good. Coach. That's that's what you want yeah. from your linebacker. Stonebreaker Scott Studwell. What a great name. What a great player he was too. He played. He looked like a linebacker. Played like a linebacker. Studwell, right in the middle for the Minnesota Vikings. Aggravated the Chicago Bears for many and many a year. And Brian Urlacher. I don't think it's quite in the Stonebreaker Studwell category, but it's darn close. You know, uh, you know, we talked all the, also there's bad names like, uh, the Hawks had a goalie, Steve Passmore, yes. the, the Wolves and now Flames had a goalie, letting in. You know, <laughs> you know, some of these names aren't good. The Kansas the other day, so, uh, the last game that I actually won on Beat the Schmoes was a, a Kansas game about five weeks ago. And they were playing Georgia Tech and they have two quarterbacks and they, you know, one guy's running all over the field. And then, uh, you know, another guy came in and he threw an interception. And guess what his last name was, Coach? I don't know what. Pick. Pick? Yeah, not good. Not good. Should have uh, been a defensive yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been a defensive back. He's 6'5", 240 pounds. And how could I describe him as he doesn't have good hips, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I got the drift. Yeah, he's white. All right. 888 You want to email us with your... Uh, three linebackers you'd pick if you only had one game to play. The game is tomorrow, and your life depended on who the three linebackers. I love linebackers. Who would you want playing for you? You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com, or give us a call, 888-463-6748. Big dog, if I ever had the man crush, if I ever went the other way, I think I would date a linebacker if it came down to it. You know what, Coach? They uh, they run like wide receivers. Yep. They hit like defensive linemen. They're the smartest guys on the field. They, uh, you know, they're uh, they're usually really sweet off off it, like a Dick yep. Buckus. You know, so 
I have to agree that line. I mean, if you if you play football and you're on the defensive end of the, the side of the field, the the, the glamour position yes. is linebacker. Coach. No That's what you want to play. No question about it. Beat the Schmoes, by the way. You mentioned that tough week for the big dog yesterday, but David, also we got to give you your props. Your second consecutive two in one week. Don't think we didn't bring that up yesterday. David was not there. Two and one. Are you going to retire now, Dave, or? Um, you're going to continue on. You don't want to press your luck, but you're welcome to be a schmo for the distance. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to see if I can keep it going. Okay. Not going to, it's sort of like, um, it's funny. The one that I was most confident about was the Patriots, and that, that was like the, they got it. See? Yeah, yeah. But, and, and Joel, yeah. I had to stop David the last couple of weeks because he started going on the computer and started dialing in all these stats and stuff, and I had to remind him. That one thing we found out, I think you can attest to it, is the less you think about your picks, the less research, the better you do. No, I would have to totally disagree with that. I'm gonna, you keep on saying this to me, Coach, and every time I just, like, at last second pick them, I always go 0-3. Always. Every every time we do it. Every I mean, this has been consistently like this for five or six years. Every time I, I don't have time to do it and I just have to pick games off the top of my Because I totally, completely and utterly forgot that I wanted to take Purdue this week. Uh-huh. And I, you know what I mean? And right there, that's the, and I was going to take Purdue, I mean, uh, Ball State all day long against Purdue. Mm-hmm. That was like my game of the week and I forgot. I was rushed. And then the next thing I know, I just threw in the, the Georgia uh, over South Carolina once. I'm going to have to disagree, coach. Okay. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Yeah. With you, it's like that. But the more I think about it, normally the better I do on those, seriously. Glad you brought up Purdue, by the way. And uh, we're going to take a quick break coming up in a couple of minutes. When we come back, I do want to talk about the tragic story of young Kenny McKinley. I know you got some thoughts on this, Big Dog, and we'll recap some of the other uh, NFL games over the weekend, including our beloved Bear and their victory over Dallas. So we'll sneak in a little baseball talk, too, as we do got one race uh yeah, without sounding too cliche in the wild, wild west. But it's getting interesting out there with a couple of weeks left. But uh, real quick. Before the break, did you catch the story of the Ohio Bobcat mus- uh, mascot? Not only did I catch the story, I watched all the footage of it. Folks. <laughs> what a jerk! Seriously, <laughs> seriously, you know what? I, I, I got it. You're calling you know, a I mascot love, a jerk? I, I love the mascot on mascot violence. Yes. Okay. But uh, I like the fact that he attacked Brutus three different times. And all three times he failed and fell down and looked like a total schmuck. <laughs> kind of, kind of indicative of the fact that, that that it was 43 at nothing at one point during that game. Oh okay. goodness! So it ended up being 43-7 or 43-6, whatever it ended up being. But catch this: our our intern Tammy Hands, who was uh, helping us out now. Tammy has come over from our radio program. Tammy Hands giving me this information from the Post newspaper in Athens, Ohio. It reports that the mascot dropped out of Ohio University last year. He now attends Hocking College. This is the Ohio Bobcat, I think, mascot. They call him Rufus. So he dropped out of the school. He's he's attending a different college. It also quoted 19-year-old Brandon Hanning. That's the guy who's saying the whole reason that he tried out to be Rufus the Bobcat was because Ohio State was on the schedule, and I wanted to tackle Brutus. That was his whole goal. He first went after Brutus as the OSU mascot left the Buckeye field. Moments later, the Bobcat mascot climbed on the back of the Ohio State mascot and yeah. rode him to the ground. Hanning, the mascot, uh, uh, has been banned from any further affiliation from Ohio University Athletics. So the only reason he took the job, Big Dog, was for that one game, for that one moment, to attack Brutus. Well, it seems like they banned him a little too late then. It looks like he was going to quit anyways. 
So yeah, he wasn't that. even a college student there. Don't you? Aren't you supposed to pick a mascot that's from your university? Yes, Come that on. is absolutely the truth. That, that's absolutely disgusting, and I don't think they described it really well because Brutus, yeah, he kind of got on his back and Brutus went to his knee, but Brutus <laughs> had a little nice hip twist, and and then Rufus took the worst of the fall when he jumped on his back. You know, it was pretty funny is he did that right in front of the Buckeye players while they were praying before the game. <laughs> I saw the footage, Coach. It's freaking hilarious. None of the players act like it's even happening. I mean, I, I'm not when I say in front of them, Coach, I'm not talking about like, oh, like in their line of vision. Yeah. I'm talking two feet in front of a line of 50 people. Okay. None They're of the players. Around, the... And you got you got to see it. None of the players even turn their heads. They're so focused on what's going wow, on. It that's... cracks me up. That's pretty intense focus. Do you know the Come On Man by uh, that they do on uh, Monday Night Countdown? Do you ever watch it? Come no. on, man. They put the stupidest plays that happened in the NFL this weekend. <laughs> well, they actually, Chris Carter, who went to Ohio State, had that about about uh, Rufus uh-huh. back in Ohio State. And, that's what, and they should, and everybody was cracking up. And like, even Ticker was like, those guys, the Ohio State players didn't even move. And they were like, <laughs> and, and Chris Carter was like, well, they were praying for Rufus. That's- that's unbelievable focus by the player. By the way, real quick, uh, again, before we head to a break here, the Chicago Tribune actually did a NCAA bracket buster with Big Ten mascots. You will be shocked, shocked and dismayed at who comes out the winner. First of all, uh, who do you think wins between Bucky Badger and Goldie the Gopher? This is if, that, if, That's if, a tough call, Coach. If mascots that, had a fight. You know what? i, I got to be honest with you. I think those are the two best in all of the Big Ten. And, you know, there was Sparty at Michigan State, you know. They, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Bucky the Badger. They've got Bucky the Badger advancing over Goldie the Gopher, meeting Brutus Goldie Buckeye. Goldie the Gopher is legitimate. That's the one Minnesota has. He's, he's a respectable mascot, no How question. they play in the first round? Yeah, his, his buck teeth are a little disconcerting, but outside of that, I'm a big fan of a Goldie the Gopher. Yeah, Willie the Wildcat's got to go, by the way. Uh, Bucky the Badger meets Brutus Buckeye in the quarterfinals. Brutus the Buckeye advances. The That's Fighting Illini of Illinois and Indiana are both disqualified because apparently there's no, you know, the Chief is not a mascot anymore. And Indiana no, 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 has no, no, no mascot. No, 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 he was never a mascot. Get that straight. People like you are the reason why we can't have the Chief around anymore. No, 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 don't he put that. He was never a mascot. He was okay. a symbol okay. of the Illini nation. I apologize. Yes, so seriously, Coach, I, and I'm not trying to be cute here. No. That stuff drives me freaking crazy. Yes. A bunch of old white women got the guy banned. Yeah, okay? I, I am with you on your reverence to the Chief. You know that. Okay, thank yeah. you. All right. I, uh, now, I can't I'm wearing a Chief shirt right now as we speak. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I wish I, wish I was on. I wish I had a camera. By the way, Sparty the Spartan, according to the Tribune here, knocked out in the quarterfinal match. It says Sparty fails drug test. And loses. So they have Sparty going down. I uh, knew it. That guy is Jack. Have you seen him? <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's fake muscles, but man, yep. they made I mean he, there is no doubt that dude he, is packing something. He gets a, <laughs> he gets eliminated from the competition because he failed the drug test. Herky the Hawk, the Iowa mascot easily over the Willie the Wildcat, who, you know, you know is my I, personal I, favorite. I, I know I know Iowa's like the one school in the big ten that I, I dislike. But that guy looks – so maybe it's a little bias coming in, but that guy looks more like a penguin than a Hawkeye. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. A little okay. bit. A little bit. Now that I'm looking at the picture, I, I, I can see where you're going with that. Especially with those short little fins. How yeah. the heck does that thing fly? Uh, okay. <laughs> 
firing some salvos on Big Ten mascots here. Now, here's where it gets interesting because Purdue Pete knocks off Herbie the Husker. They have North Nebraska in it. And Purdue Pete beats the Nittany Lion of Penn State. So your final four, this is where it gets controversial, is Herky the Hawk taking on Purdue Pete and Brutus the Buckeye or automatically advances because Sparty the Spartan failed the drug test. That, that, uh, I, these people don't know what they're doing. Goalie the, uh, the gopher should have easily advanced into the final four. Over of, of Bucky Badger? Not over Bucky Badger. The seating is absolutely oh, cool okay. so, in, the, in the first run. And Herky the Hawk getting into the top four, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, come on. They got Herky the Hawk beating the Michigan Wolverine also on a disqualification. It says here the Wolverines have no mascot. I've never seen a mascot, absolutely right. Yeah, so Herky the Hawk, kind of a, a backdoor entrance to the Final Four. Anyhow, before we spend the whole show on this, a shocking upset in the championship and a mascot one-on-one battles, Purdue Pete. Your champion knocking off Brutus the Buckeye. I was both shocked and dismayed, if not was somewhat entertained. That that had to have been a woman who did that particular, uh, what do you call it, uh, survey or whatever, yeah. or, or, or NCAA bracket, because that Purdue Pete's got one heck of a chin, Coach. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, I have to, and plus, the women like engineers. There's something yep. about a man that builds something, and plus, he walks around with a hammer. He can fix yep. stuff. Yeah, got the hard, hard hat, tough guy look going. Got the Elvis sideburns going. He's a good looking, a good looking mascot as far as mascots go. And I, I wouldn't have picked Purdue Pete. I would not have picked Purdue Pete. No. I, I honestly would have went with either Bucky the Badger or Goalie the Gopher. Honestly, and okay. they they said right when you said it, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why I thought. I was like, Coach, I was about to say to you, why are you going to the finals already? This sounds like a good bit we could do. And then then I find out it was the first round. Are you kidding me? Oh, how disappointing. Okay. See if you can control your disappointment. Look, sounds like the big dog's got his allergies under control. Give a couple of sneezes, a little blow into a tissue. Big dog, come back strong. Second half of the program right around the corner. We'll recap some of the weekend's football games. And also, again, want to bring up a uh, truly, truly, tragic story in the world of sports we'll take a quick break here david olson our producer it's the big dog and the coach two guys and a mic back in about 42 seconds don't go anywhere Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, TalkZone.com. Two Guys and a Mic, big dog and the coach at your service. Friend of mine, uh, big dog, was uh, his wife is uh, pregnant. Wasn't having the baby, but he was in the gynecologist's office. Saw a sign up in the office. The doctor's name, I believe, is Jones. It said, Dr. Jones, at your cervix. That's disgusting. Thank you very much. You're killing me, John. 
Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Stick around. More bad jokes to come. Uh, not a joke at all, Big Dog. And I don't know how much. It, this is a fairly recent story. More information is coming out. But uh, tragic is certainly one of the words that can be used. Second-year NFL player uh, record. Pass-receiving record holder at South Carolina under Steve Spurrier. Sounded like a great kid, great personality. He had everything going for him. Kenny McKinley. Uh, dead at the age of 23, and they say it is an apparent suicide. I don't know if you've heard more on the story, Big Dog, but uh, shocking is certainly one way to describe it. Yeah, that, that's all I've heard, Coach. And you know, I've heard a bunch of people saying a lot of really good stuff about him. I, I, I don't get it. I've gone through some really, really, really hard times. I would never, ever consider that. And mm-hmm. to be in the NFL, even if you have the recoup from a knee injury, how bad could it possibly have been for the kid? So, I mean, he he must have had something medical going on, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I don't see how. Yeah, that's exactly exactly the impression I had. It defies logic that there had to be some little switch misconnection in the brain. That would cause him to do that, but it brought me to tears this morning reading some of the reports out of South Carolina where Steve Spurrier calling him one of his favorite players, not best, but favorite players that he's ever coached. The kid was charitable. The kid was a leader with his teammates. He was a jokester, always upbeat. You know, you hear some of the South Carolina players talk. It's just unbelievable that this could happen to someone like that. You know, it's almost like... When you you know you hear the mass murder or the uh, the axe murder and the neighbors say, well, you know, he seemed like such a nice man. He Very like often, a it's nice boy. It, yeah, you know, he seemed he seemed like a nice neighbor. He was a quiet man. But uh, a lot of times, the, the person who commits suicide, you'll hear teammates, players, job workers, whatever it is, they'll say, you know, he's the least guy we would have expected to do this, and that's exactly what the South Carolina players are saying. He's the last guy they would have thought do it. Uh, unexplainable, Big Dog. I guess that's all you can say. Yeah, I, I, why? You know, I understand people in, in a bad situation in their life. You know, you're in the NFL. How bad could it be? I don't know. I really don't get it. Mm-hmm. All right. And again, heck of a ball player too. He was the all-time. Um, he broke who? Sidney Rice's records at South Carolina, I believe. Uh, is that who it was? Because uh, yeah. Troy Williamson played there. There have been a yeah. lot of good receivers the last five or six years over yeah. at South Carolina. So. All right. Anybody that's uh, got some information on that, you want to talk about that? Maybe we got some listeners in the South Carolina area who uh, watched Kenny play. They said the guy could have run for mayor of where is South Carolina? Columbia? Columbia, yep. Or governor of the whole damn state. He was that popular. Very, very sad story. Again, at the way way, way too young age of 23, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, now that you've uh, we move on from that story, and it's tough, quite frankly, to move on from that story, but now that you've had uh, 48 hours to digest the Chicago Bear game, you gave us our thought yesterday. We have a lot of listeners in the Chicago area. Any seepage thoughts, any residue thoughts that have come in via your Chicago Bear win over Dallas on Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I did get to watch the, the first half uh, of the game last night because, you know, I only got to watch the, the second half uh, yesterday, live. And, yeah, you were right. The offensive line was not playing very well. That's, uh, that's I guess, the least amount I could say about that particular game. But, yeah, the Cutler was just under siege the whole entire time the, during the first half. You know, I was surprised he walked away. I, I guess the you know it's the same thing. I don't re- I think I really changed about it. They they need to start running the football, figuring out a way to run the ball. I love the fact that they have weapons that they're utilizing on offense. 
a little bit of Greg Olson, a little bit of Hester, a little bit of Bennett, you know, get, get Johnny Knox deep. But, you know, I like the fact that you really don't know who the next guy is going to be, and they need to continue that. And they also need to figure out, out a way to run the ball. So when it's third and two, they don't always have to pass in order to get the first down yardage. Mm-hmm. They basically, uh, you know, go ahead, David. Well, I was going to say that also comes back to the offensive line. Yes, if Cutler if, if Cutler can't get the protection, uh, they're certainly not going to get the running game going without that blocking up front. And they basically, it, it wasn't like in the second half or even the, the last three quarters that they couldn't run the ball. They didn't, they didn't do the traditional handoff, quarterback turnaround, handoff the ball, which Ron Turner would do about eighty percent of the time. They didn't do it. They completely got away from the traditional run, Big Dog. So I guess in one sense, you know, you could say they they weren't bad running the ball. They never tried to run the ball. Well, they weren't good at it when they did it, Coach. No, I, I know that. You know, so they, they got to they got to correct that. You got to have that as part of your offense if they really want to go deep in the playoffs. I'm not saying do it exclusively, but you know, it's got to be a part of all good teams, even the Saints. When things are going rough, they know they can turn around and hand it off to Pierre Thomas a couple times and get some decent quality yards. They know they've got that. So they got to figure out a way to start running the ball or else it's like this great 2-0 start and we're all worried about people worried all over to go to Dallas, get killed. They're not going to be able to beat the Green Bay Packers by throwing it 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. Even though the Packers, that's what they've been doing so far, believe it or not. You know, they're not running the ball like they used to either. It's been all Aaron Rodgers so far since Ryan Grant went down. I, I still get excited every time the Bears throw the ball downfield because oh, it seems like such a years change. since you've seen that. Yeah, every time they throw it downfield, it's yeah. like oh, oh. oh yeah. don't get me wrong, I love the bomb. The, I love running it. I love throwing the bomb, and you know, it, it is good to see them stretch the field. And all of a sudden, you know, the defense has to worry about you know we have to defend the whole field and not just uh, ten yards in. That's it. You know, it's it's nice to see them actually attack. Bottom line is, if you want to go from cute and exciting and fun to watch, which the Bear offense, well, forget about cute, but uh, certainly has become under Mike Martz. Thank you very much, Coach Martz. But the bottom line is, Big Dog, if you want to win the Super Bowl and really beat the good teams, it's not an either or. You have to be able to do both. Throw it deep, and you got to have that smash mouth game as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, heck yeah. You've got to be able to dictate to the offense and yep. if you could, I mean, defense. So if you could only do one thing, eventually the Bears won't be able to throw as deep effectively. You know, the, the fact that the Bears are throwing deep effectively now comes from the fact, I think, of their reputation as a team. If they continue not to be able to run the ball, we're, it's, they're not going to be able to hit Johnny Knox, you know, a couple of times a game, 30, 40 yards downfield. Yep. And, and they've hit a couple plays downfield perfectly in stride Jay Cutler has, and they've actually protected, but the receivers have dropped balls the first two games. So, I mean, they could they could really have some really gaudy mm-hmm. stats right now if Roma Shadu and Hester have caught the bombs that you they know, and, and here, I don't know if the offensive line coaches use this approach. You know, if Mike Tice is listening, I'd be happy to come in and give this as a little motivational tool, a little tip from uh, the coach here who, you know, I've played uh, at the highest level of football except junior high, high school, college, or pro. You want to make your job easier. I'm speaking to the offensive linemen now against these tremendous pass rushers. If you get a little push and you get your running game going now, when you drop back to pass, you can play action a little bit. The defensive line has to respect the Jay Cutler fake. Yes, they're rushing the quarterback, but they're not rushing with the abandon that they did before. So in a sense, Big Dog, if you can run block better, it helps your toughest job, which is pass blocking. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you can dictate to the to the defense. You can yeah. basically move them around. And I would much, much rather see Jay Cutler throwing bombs to Johnny Knox on second and two yep. as opposed to third and 15, which they hit a, uh, a bomb on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's, I like bombs when you're the one. You know, it's not like a desperation play. It's like, hey, yep. we're badass. We can throw the ball all over the field, and you better cover the whole field because we will at any time attack you. I, that's the way I want them to be. Mm-hmm. And if they can get to that point, Coach, they could be great on offense, and I mean that great on offense. If they could, they could learn to run the football. Yeah, and uh, again, you want to talk some football here with the coach and the dog eight 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 four six three six seven four eight breaking down the Bears here. Normally, we just break down when we talk about the Bears, but today we're breaking down a pretty good performance by the Bear triple eight four six three sixty seven four eight. You mentioned that defense, big dog. There's definite potential. The linebackers look like they could be elite. The defensive backs and safeties playing better than we thought. I think the key is the defensive line. Julius Peppers has to play better. He took the day off. And I watched the tape back a little bit, too. Tommy Harris, and I think it was you, who tried to convince me that he was better than I thought. He wasn't. And the angry Samoan, Matt. What, what, are, you, what, what are you talking about? He was, Coach, he was taking up two players almost on every play. How many of you, Coach, you, you, you had the audacity <laughs> last Monday to say I didn't know football. I never said that. Yes, you did. When the whole Calvin Johnson, you're oh. like, you don't know football, big dog. You actually had that. And, and you're missing. Well, yeah, yeah. When it came to that argument, yes. Illogical. There's two. I, I was watching the game. Erlacher and Landsbergs weren't blocked all day long. So, obviously, the defensive line must have been doing something right. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about it. The Cowboys didn't decide not to block them. They must. They couldn't get to their level because the defensive line was being disrupted. I'm not so sure anybody right now is using two guys on Tommy Harris. And all I know is, in the one third of the plays that the angry Samoan played, Matt Tuanawano, or Matt Tuami, whatever his last name is, the angry Samoan, when he came in, he made plays. Yes, he did. He knocked balls down. He tackled ball carriers. Tommy Harris was getting pushed around like a pinball out there. No, he, he wasn't getting pushed. Yes, around he like was. A pinball. No, he wasn't. Watch. He he did very little and, and forward. I don't, I, I don't ever remember seventy five getting double teamed on one play, and so which means that Tommy Harris was getting double teamed. All right. What about Julius Peppers? He's being extremely disruptive. No I'm sacks. Afraid. No sacks. No tackles. Zero tackles. Zero sacks. Okay. Well, let, let me remind you of something. They were getting pressure all day long. They ran the ball twenty times for thirty six yards. Okay. And they got a lot of pressure. If you're not going to run the ball, defensive linemen aren't going to make tackles if you don't run the football at all. And considering they ran it for 1.8, I don't think he played a bad game, Coach. Okay. All right. I will. I will. I will defer to your football expertise. And I, I know you are a tremendous, uh, passionate fan of the game of football. The only two areas in the last couple of weeks where I've questioned your football judgment is A, on the Calvin Johnson controversial catch, and B, on your enjoyment of Illinois' starting quarterback, who I think is uh, can't throw the football. So in those two areas, well, we disagree. Well, considering that they had Juice Williams and now they have this kid, I think it's an upgrade. I would right not. At the Illinois thing. <laughs> I, I would not. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Bears game, Big Dog? Special teams is often left to the buy side. It, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, because the, the special teams – in some of our dismal years, the last couple of years, that's been the one positive. Right now, the Bears are playing pretty well, but probably the special teams have not been great. No, no, I wouldn't say have not been great is, a, is an understatement. They they uh, they need to play a lot better. They can't be allowing 
punt returns for touchdowns, and, and Brad Maynard has to be better. Yep. Brad Maynard has got to be better than he has been so far. And uh, he, he's been a, a strong point for the Bears for years. He had kind of a down year last year, and he hasn't, isn't off to a good start this year yet either, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right. 888-463-6748. You want to check in, talk some uh, Chicago Bear football. Of course, our show emanating out of the fine city of Chicago, so we tend to uh, go that route a little bit. But anywhere you're listening via the Internet, uh, I haven't reminded you for a while, Big Dog, but uh, we are. Beaming out over the Talk Zone's powerful Internet signal, your voice, Big Dog, is being heard right now in seven different continents and also parts of Montana and Idaho as well. It's good to know, and hopefully those people out in Arizona are listening to this too because the Arizona Cardinals might be the worst team in football this year. Yeah, but the Arizona Wildcats are a legit top 10 college football team. Top 10, you think? Yes. That's a bold statement if you're talking about top 10, Coach. Yeah, knocked off Iowa, and uh, the, the game was not as close as the score would indicate, and that's a very good Iowa team. I'm a bold kind of guy, big dog. Arizona, top 10 college football team this year. Well, they have a really good shot at winning the the Pac-10, and it's going to be Arizona versus Oregon for that particular uh, conference. Unless mm-hmm. USC, obviously they can't win it, but uh, it's uh, the Pac-10 looks tough. Pac-10 mm-hmm. looks pretty good. They're a lot better than people thought it was going to be. What about the Big Ten, near and dear to our uh, hearts here in the Midwest? After a couple of games, three games into the season, any thoughts? You see, obviously Ohio State, the clear favorite, but any thoughts on our beloved Big Ten college football thus far? Yes, yeah, so far, uh, without uh, Ohio State is just as good as advertised. Uh, they might not have played the greatest schedule so far this year, but they have dominated offensively and defensively. They think if they can get their kicking game right, they could be the best team in the country. They'd be able to beat a team like Alabama. Iowa's the real deal. I know they lost out at Arizona, but they're an extremely good football team, quality program. Wisconsin, overrated. Hmm. Wisconsin, uh, you know, they can run the ball effectively, but you know, you, if you can stop their running game, you're going to beat them. So uh, Wisconsin is not a threat to win the Big Ten unless, like, they play perfect against Iowa and against Ohio State, Coach. And, and I can't imagine that happening. Two-year uh, starter? State has a chance. But the, with a rookie quarterback, I doubt it. Who's got the rookie quarterback? Penn State. Okay, yeah, the freshman. Yeah, Penn State's, I, I think, middle of the pack team this year. But Wisconsin... You know, they got the big horse, John Clay, but I think you're underplaying their passing game a little bit. No great receivers, but they got a pretty good quarterback. Second year kid, five, uh, fifth year senior, but it's his second year starting, and he played his high school ball about 20 minutes away from here. Scott Tolzien, he's a uh, potential NFL quarterback, big dog. If their receivers can get open, Tolzien can do some damage to the air. So I wouldn't count Wisconsin out just yet. Yeah, their best player, and it's not even close. Their 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 number one NFL prospect on their team is their tight end, that that number eighty four, that kid Kendricks. Coach, you got to watch this kid play. Everywhere he goes, the play follows him. Everywhere he goes, and he puts people on their back, play after play after play. The guy has more pancakes than any offensive lineman in the country so far this year, and and he's also their best receiver. He, he is by far Wisconsin's best player, mm-hmm. and I doubt he's going to win it. But I legitimately would put him as uh, a chance at the Big Ten MVP. I know Bernard Robinson or, or Terrell Pryor are going to end up winning it. But just say Wisconsin can figure out a way to beat Ohio State and they end up winning the Big Ten, mm-hmm. I would pick Wisconsin's tight end as, the, as wow. their MVP. Freshman tight end. No, no, no. He's oh. been there for a couple of years. Okay. He, he was their best player last year, too, by the way. Uh-huh. So this, he's been there for a couple of years. 
Okay. And he looks like he's 210 pounds, but he's 250. He's just totally jacked and ripped. Can block and he can, can catch. i got to check this kid out. Any of our listeners know who uh, Big Dog's talking about, the tight end for the University of Wisconsin. His Kendrick is uh, like uh, Corey Kendrick. His last name is Kendrick. Okay. I have like not Kendrick. seen what a have not seen one snap of Badger football this year, and that bothers me because I, I enjoy and watching. You're trying to tell me they have a good passing game, and you haven't seen a snap yet. In, uh, well, I saw him play last year, and I know I, I know Scott Tolzien's an outstanding quarterback. I've followed the team, watched some of the stats, read some of the stats, and yeah, I could pretty confidently tell you that Wisconsin can pass the ball this year with Scott Tolzien at quarterback. The thing that I don't like about Wisconsin is they seem, at least in the game, because I've watched every game they played so far this year. They seem to play lethargically. Like they, they, they have lulled themselves to sleep is the best way for me to put it. You know, and Iowa, does, don't you think Iowa gets in that same trap at times as well? Maybe. Maybe. I haven't seen as much Iowa play. I watched the Arizona game. I, yeah. I, I did not watch the Eastern Illinois game and very, very little the Iowa State game. Yeah. So. I think it's an extension, both Iowa and Wisconsin. You get the feeling that they're – Strong kids, but they they have not let their personality out yet, particularly on offense. They're a little restricted. I think that's an extension of the coaches. Kirk Ferentz, pretty serious guy. He's a line coach first, defensive guy. And and Brett Belima at Wisconsin's kind of the same way. Either of those teams, just let it out a little bit. You know, boxer shorts over the uh, the briefs. You know, get a little looser on offense, air it out a little bit. And either of those teams could challenge Ohio State, but they have to get less conservative on offense. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. Yeah. You put Mike Martz with the Wisconsin Badgers? They might be able to beat Ohio State. Yeah, and with the fact that how good the Badgers' offensive line is, oh, my goodness, you give Mike Martz a good offensive line, he will have a great offense. So uh, he's figuring out, though. I, I, I'm going to tell you this straight up right now. I did not like the Mike Martz hiring. I, I'll tell you when I was wrong. And so far, early on, through two games, mm-hmm. The adjustments that this guy has made has yep. been absolutely phenomenal. Yep. The only thing that that I don't like is he's got to figure out a way to convert on on third and short with the running game. Other yeah. than that, I don't have a complaint with, with yeah. Mike Clark so far. I was shocked when they said, uh, you know, if, in that Detroit Lions game. I think our fans watching nationally are pretty aware the Bears had fourth and inches. And the Lions stopped him four consecutive times. And Mike Martz, after the game, saying, well, you know, it's, it's my fault we didn't practice it hardly at all during our uh, preseason workouts. I'm like, what? But, uh, he, How could... he, but he, he's like, we had so much to install, Big we dog. didn't go over it enough, is you... what he said. Okay. So I, I, I understood what he was saying, Coach. But he took the blame, didn't he? How many, how many times yeah. have you heard a Chicago Bear coach actually say, it was my coaching that messed up? It's a good point. Nobody on the freaking you know, staff ever did it. When he said it, I was like, you know what? There's a grown man. He was like, it's my fault. Let me see You don't understand. You don't understand. I'm yeah. a football coach. You're just a reporter. You're just a fan. You mm-hmm. don't know. Well, Mike Marks, yeah, you were right. We weren't prepared. It was my fault. But we have so much to install. I gave these guys too much and didn't concentrate on the little things. Yeah. We need to change that up. A refreshing, refreshing yeah. bit of humanity, especially when uh, – it is compared to Chauncey the Gardener from being there, also known as Lovey Smith. You ever seen that movie, Randy? <laughs> Am I right? Did I call it? Randy Myers taking over the microphone here. He's shaking his head. Watch I the movie. Not. Peter Sellers got an Academy Award nomination. I think he won for a character role he played. This is back in the, probably the late 70s, maybe. Chauncey Gardner in the movie being there. And basically, he's a complete simpleton, big dog, uh-huh. who... 
says these things that are totally nondescript and make no sense at all, but everybody thinks he's this brilliant guy. And so he's put on a pedestal and he moves up from the gardener and he becomes, I think, like the president of the United States. That's the gist of the movie. But that's Lovey Smith. He is Chauncey Gardner from being there, a complete non-entity who somehow people think in football that he's got these brilliant thoughts. And the more I listen to him, uh, you know, there, there's high school coaches with better football knowledge than Lovey Smith. Who, who thinks Lovey Smith is brilliant besides uh, Viking and Packer and Lion fans? And they're just saying that just so we keep this guy around a little bit longer. <laughs> Well, you have to admit, when he first came to the Bears, we were all excited. The, uh, the big coach out of the out of big sandy Texas, tough, quiet, talking, right. disciplinarian, Lovey Smith. Well, he did things that the first thing he did was he found out who the Bears' best player was, and in that year it was Brian Urlacher. So what he did, he went out and got the two defensive tackles, put them right in front of Brian Urlacher, and said, you know what, I'm going to accentuate the positive. I was like, that's brilliant. You know, and then, you know, rely on the kicking game and, and we're going to attack on offense when we can. Well, he said a bunch of good stuff. It never came to fruition. But I guess when Jonathan Quinn is your quarterback, how brilliant can he be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evaluation of player personnel has always been a problem. And, by the way, uh, you mentioned Mike Martz's adjustments. One adjustment he's going to need to make uh, watching Mike Martz on the sidelines is in his diet. Because I don't know if you he, – he does have Dunlap's disease, if you know what I mean. The belly has Dunlapped over the belt. He's put on about 20 <laughs> – you never heard that, huh? No, I haven't. Dunlap's haven't. disease, when the belly dunlaps over the belt. But uh, Coach Martz, he, he's looking a little hefty on the sidelines. I'm worried. I don't want him to go the same route as Michigan State coach Mark D'Antonio, who I hope is doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. he's. From what I understand, uh, D'Antonio was uh, extremely good shape. He, like, took oh, care yeah. of himself, unlike most other coaches. Yep. So it's kind of ironic. You know, I was saying, you know, like, hey, you work out. Normally you don't eat as healthy. You know, it can be very difficult. Well, I guess he didn't fall into that trap, Coach. Maybe looking at Mark D'Antonio, he almost, I don't want to say anorexic, but he is very thin-looking. I wonder if he's one of those guys who worked out maybe too much, Big Dog, and the, and the stress combined with uh, maybe not eating enough and then working out too hard, maybe that caused it from the opposite end of the spectrum, so to speak. Possible. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I no longer have my Ph.D., yeah, I like him. When, when I watched D'Antonio on the Michigan State sideline, he came from he come from Cincinnati too, which has become like the hotbed of coaches now. Yes, yeah, the Miami yeah. of Ohio used to be the cradle of coaches, and now it's yeah. Central Michigan because you go Central Michigan, yep. then you go to Cincinnati, and then you get a big time job. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. Okay. So. Hey, speaking of Central Michigan, the Chippewa, are they the Chippewa? They're the Chippewa. Coach. Okay. Speaking of the Chippewa, we were talking Big Ten football, Northwestern three and zero. Getting very little respect nationally. They spank Rice 30 to 6. Uh, and I mention that because they're taking on Central Michigan, what should be a pretty good game Saturday. We talked Big Ten football. You did not mention my beloved Cats. Uh, might they, is there a chance, Big Dog, they can figure into the equation? I know they're not going to win the Big Ten, but can they be a factor? Are they that good well, or maybe overrated? Well, you know what? They're not the most talented team, but you know what? Brains are underappreciated in football, and I, I don't know how and guts, and I don't know how many times we've seen Northwestern just play smarter and with more guts than teams, and somehow figure out ways to win over the last uh, fifteen years, Coach. Mm-hmm. Ever since they turned around in '95, they, they still have never been. They always finish better than they predicted. Legitimately, since 1994, I would have to say all but like one or two years they were. 
better in the rankings than they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, can you ever remember where they didn't live up to expectations? It's a good point. So, yeah, they're predicted to you know finish you know fifth or sixth in the conference. Well, that probably means they'll be like third or fourth. There are and, problems on the horizon, though. Well, the, their biggest problem is that their secondary is definitely going to be an issue for them. Yeah. Yeah. What but else the, is the other problem? The coach? problem I was referring to, though, is the fact that school has now started. They're like the last school to start. The players now have to actually head to the classroom. And you know the Northwestern players do get into academics, so I'm worried. Big dog, they'll be spending too much time in class and not enough time concentrating on beating the Chippewa. Uh, well, I'm not worried about the Chippewa as much as uh, they need to be worried about uh, Iowa and Wisconsin and and. Uh, I, I think they don't have in a, do they, they don't have Iowa State this year. Oh, we know Ohio State this year, do they? Who Northwestern? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they missed them. Yep. Yeah. They... It, it's, it's it's funny though. Like next year, Nebraska comes into the conference. Yep. And they play everybody besides Illinois and Minnesota. I, I got <laughs> Northwestern beating them by a touchdown. Next year, Nebraska has to play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin. Well, yeah. You know, you know, it's pretty funny. They don't. Welcome. Play. Welcome yeah. to the Big Ten. If you're going to join our conference, we're going to put you against the toughest teams. By the way, the Northwestern president, an appalling move by the president of the university, taking the freshmen out of football practice to actually have the Northwestern freshmen attend freshman orientation with the rest of the student body. That's ridiculous. A shocking, shocking, That's appalling ridiculous. thing. I Seriously, a... what the hell is that guy thinking? <laughs> oh, you find it funny. I don't find it funny, Coach. All right. That's a great line. We're going to send that clip to the president of the Northwestern University. we got to wrap up today's show, dog. I'm sorry about that, my friend. Oh, that's it. I had another hour to say. So. I know, on a high note. We need two hours. Somebody talk to somebody. All right, got to get out of here. Dave Olson, thank you so much. Big Dog, we'll do it again tomorrow at 10. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Be safe out there. Have a great day.